Thanks for joining us on the Failure to Freedom podcast. We will discuss topics of struggles in the workplace, relationships, finances, health, and personal life. The points in time where we've been at our lows and the freedom to fail our way to success. We're all failing, steering our ship in the direction we think leads to land, going head on into every storm life throws our way. This will be a journey unlike any other. We welcome you to join us as we dive deep into the open water that is our freedom. Join with me is Weston, and we have a special guest, Michael. He went to Willamette College of Law, has been an attorney for over seven years. He's a husband and a father, and he's here today to touch on his experiences that helped him unfold who he is today. Good morning, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today, sir? Hey, thanks, Chris. I'm doing pretty well today. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, glad to have you on for sure. And Weston, what about you? Uh, despite some chores and errands that I've got to run, the the day-to-day frustrations, I'm I'm doing quite well, actually. Thanks. The topic of discussion today is unfold. And you may be thinking, well, what does unfold mean? Well, We're all on paths going certain directions and essentially unfold is just a point in time where we're learning more about ourselves. We're learning more about the journey. We're learning that the road that we're traveling down may be a dead end. We have to turn around and try a different way. So unfold is just the aspect of finding yourself, finding where you need to be and finding out things along the way that you might not have known without going down that road. So, Michael, again, very good to have you on. Uh, One question that I had was, I know that you started out of grad school, a law firm for business law. And so, what was the turning point after you finished school to where you thought, this is something I want to do, this is the road I want to travel down, this is the risk I want to take, this is it, this is what we're doing? A big part of that uh, was at the time we graduated, there were just not a lot of jobs out there. After the you know 08 recession, uh, everybody wanted to go back to school, uh, including me. And so there was just a large recruiting class, I guess you could say. And so uh, a buddy and I decided, you know, let's let's try and go out on our own. Let's do our own thing. This is you know maybe the only time in life that we'll be able to take that kind of risk. Um, you know, didn't weren't married, didn't have kids, so not a whole lot of responsibility. And uh, we thought, you know, what? let's let's give it a shot. Okay, yeah, I actually, I remember that. Um, obviously, the recession didn't affect me all too much because I I was still in school. I was actually starting school for graphic design. I was still living with my mom at the time. So, I guess in a sense, I was kind of going down my own path as well. Obviously, that didn't work out. I didn't finish my degree for graphic design. But I also learned some lessons along the way. And it might have been discouraging at the time. Or for me, it might have been something that that's what I thought I wanted. And then it turns out that, no, that might not be it. And so for a while there, I was just trying to, in a sense, find myself, find out what I want to do, what I want to be. Did you experience something similar when you and the people that you started that firm with? Did you did you feel like, yes, this is what we want to do? And then were there ever any doubts like, oh, maybe this isn't the right time, maybe this isn't the right place, or were you just committed and in it 100% the whole way through? 
We are definitely committed. Um, you know, we we recognize that uh, there was a good chance that it wasn't going to work out, but you know, we definitely gave it a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent, you might even say, and uh, we definitely were we're all in. And it it kind of reminds me because Wes and I know you kind of want to start a business as well as I do, and part of the reason I've been excited to have you on as a guest is because you've experienced. Michael, the, the the business aspect of things, I know you and I, we, you know, we had lunch and I explained that the business aspect of things excites me. You know, the numbers, the finances, the problem solving, the being faced with a brick wall and figuring out how to go above it, around it, break through it. I know there were probably some points in time for that era where there might have been some setbacks, but... I think the biggest part of it that I'm trying to kind of do research on, talk to people more about, is just being prepared and knowing to do the right things. I think you had talked to me recently about how you were doing all the right things. You were doing the research. You were kind of talking with people on aspects of the business. With that, was there any people that was more of a mentor for you in that time, Michael, to where... Maybe they were already doing business law for so many years and you kind of went to them for questions or for answers. It didn't have to be an everyday thing, every week thing, but just someone you kind of looked up to and looked for a mentorship to guide you on your path. We actually really didn't have uh, a specific individual. You know, it was really, we went out to the legal community, we networked and uh, we would talk to a lot of different people in order to get different perspectives and, you know, different things work for different people. And so um, we really tried to, I would say, go to the community more than an individual. I definitely think the community is a big part of this because it's been researched and it's been said and it's been proven, you know, people find comfort, people find trust, people find relationship building, you know, social networking, like you suggested all these different things with community and community is in a sense, people that we trust, people that we feel have things in common with us. They're like-minded, they're pursuing similar goals. They are starting a business, whatever the case may be. It could be for hobbies. It could be for jobs. It could be for any number of things. And so I think that is a very important thing that you said, because a lot of times people are just looking for, well, this guy's successful, so I need to talk to him. But what I think is more empowering, what I think is more valuable, is just kind of talking with people that they may not be the wealthiest, they may not be the most successful, but just kind of discussing back and forth what the experiences are between yourself and other people of the community, or even just like the struggles. You know, part of this podcast is talking about the struggles and i feel that when that happens there's a better understanding there's more knowledge about it and there's different perspectives you may not think of without talking to someone so weston i know that you are working on setting up a food truck and i know it's completely paid off and that's great um is there anything that you faced up to this point where you might have needed to do more research or it, it was something that you weren't considering, maybe an expense, maybe it was just something, oh, because of this reason, I need to take a step back. 
There have been a number of those issues that pop up, most notably with just the jurisdiction that I'm trying to operate in. And though I've got the truck paid off and it's LNI certified and I have a space where I can operate, there are some permits and regulations that I have to follow that make it significantly harder than what I thought it would be prior to having the truck. Over time, I I have made more progress towards operating the truck, but some of the economical difficulties that popped up starting in 2020 when I was looking to begin operation really just kind of gave me a sense that this isn't quite the right time. And I was frustrated. I was upset by that for, I would say, even an unreasonable amount of time. It became something that impacted my day to day. I I just started to ask, like, why? Why now? Now that I'm ready, why is this something that has become another roadblock? And I've never been one to blame other people for why things happen. But in this instance, I was like, even if I wanted to blame somebody, there's nobody to blame. I can't even blame myself. And that was a, a different thing for me to try to process because it's a failure that is not anybody else's fault. And yet it's not entirely my fault either. Like I had done the preparation. I had done the work. I am ready right now. And yet for some reason, I can't move forward. I feel kind of boxed in. And I really got into what I would say is an unhealthy mindset because I I started to get irritated at other people when I realized like I can't do these things how I was wanting to do them. I took it out on my my coworkers that I was still working with <laughs> that I did not want to be working with anymore, not as individuals, but at the company. And it really just became something that was more of a patience issue for me than it was a failure. And I realized like, all right, so I expected the truck, I expected the business to wait for me to be ready. But now that I'm ready and the tables have turned, now that the the truck is not ready for me, suddenly it's okay for me to be angry and upset. And so that started a long process of me having to learn what true patience was. And I'm still in process of that, knowing that there's not a time frame. It, it's open-ended. It, it's not even something that's financial for me either, because even if I want to have contact with some of the officials that do the regulations and whatnot, they are limited in their hours now, or some of them have even retired. So some of the communication that I've had, I've had to repeat myself. I've had to start over with somebody else. The people that wanted to help me are off enjoying their retirement, and I commend them for that. But it's brought about new frustrations and new feelings of failure because it seems like that was all for naught. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing about it, too, is you said you were practicing patience. And I've always had this thought in my head. It's something that I say to myself quite frequently now. Uh, It's something like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I know that sounds cliche. And I know that sounds silly at times. But one of the biggest ways that I've improved my patience and one of the biggest ways I've improved letting things go has been because of that statement. And I'm the type of person to where, like it or not, I worry about things that are outside of my control. And I'm actively trying to be better about that. 
And so it kind of goes into what you were saying of it wasn't your fault. It wasn't anyone else's fault. It just happened. And you were frustrated. You might have been discouraged. And you had to figure out a way to get past that. I've had moments in my life, too, where that's been the case. You know, I, I, I threw it to the wind and I said, why is this happening? Is there something I can do to change this? In the end, there was no real solution except for everything happens for a reason. Chalk it up to something that was meant to happen. And so thinking about that helps me. So I don't know if you have any additional strategies that you want to talk about for that. But that's kind of what I would say in instances like that. Well, for me, I try to remind myself that... I did or I am doing something that is worth failing at. And if it was easy, I wouldn't have failed. And honestly, failure is likely from doing something that was new and challenging rather than something I'm just not good at. And uh, I just kind of wanted to address a couple of things you guys said because they were actually points I had written down already. And uh, like Chris, you had mentioned feeling worried about things that were out of your control. You know, I think that was something that uh, earlier on in my life had always been a big problem for me. But, uh, you know, eventually I learned that you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And that has been a, a really big, a really big thing in my life. You know, something I can always come back to, to say, well, things look bad, but, you know, I can only control how I react to it. Um, and then something Weston said also kind of piqued my interest. Um, he said that there was no one to blame. And I know this is maybe taking a little bit out of the context uh, in which he was speaking of it. But um, I think that blame uh, really doesn't get you anywhere. Um, it doesn't lead to solutions. And so I know, again, early on in my life, I definitely was content to say, you know, this isn't my fault. This is someone else's fault. But, you know, I eventually learned that that really doesn't get, get me anywhere. I think uh, just accepting things as they are and then reacting to that can go a long way. I really like that you said that. Really what I try and do now, if something happens and I have to come up with a solution, or maybe it's not even me, maybe a solution has to be made in a specific situation, or kind of going back to something that's out of my control, something needs to be done. The first thing I think about is... Instead of being down on myself or instead of looking to someone else like, hey, this is your fault. I just think, okay, that sucked. I could have gone without that happening. But like, what can I do now to kind of put us back on track? So it's almost like, and I know this is going to be a bit much for an example, but it's almost like a train that kind of derails. It may not crash in the full extent of getting off the rails, but moving forward, they have to decide, okay, this happened. What can we do to get this train back on tracks to get to where it needs to go? And I think we're faced with that type of analogy on a day-to-day -day basis because whether it be something big or small, there are points in time in our life where the train derails and we can get lost in the chaos. We can let it consume us. We can become negative. We can become just in a low point. But the difference is you wanting to actively get back on track to where you're going, or maybe it's not even going the same direction. Maybe it's pulling back some and then starting on a different path. Kind of like what we were saying, maybe it's a dead end and you need to turn around and go back. And so I, I think that's a very important perspective because a lot of us probably think about things like that. They just don't really know that it's happening until a reaction has been made. 
And I'm glad you brought that up. I also understand that failures have a wonderful way of showing you where not to go. And with a million possibilities, limitations and failures can actually be beneficial so that you get more clarity with what you're trying to accomplish. And I think of like the game Battleship, where each miss helps you close in on your target and you are actually making progress even though you missed. And so when we fail, it's easy to feel like we're doomed to repeat our mistakes. So why would I even try again? And I think the best way to shed that, at least in my experience, is to like write down what I did right, what I could improve on, and what I simply will not do again. Because we all forget things from time to time. It's easy for me to keep a list, and it also helps me be honest with myself. Yeah, It's very easy to throw stuff that didn't go as planned or was a complete and utter failure. It's easy to trash that and say, I don't want to remember that. But I think if you can internalize some of the lessons that you learn from those failures, you'll be better because of it. You also have a chance to have the do-over. And I've also been frustrated with having to start over. I felt like all of my life, I've just simply start over. I'm trying to change how I perceive starting over as something that is a negative thing and rather see it as I have an opportunity to do something again and to do it right and to do it better. Because if I maintained what I'm doing now, where I'm at now, then I have to accept that that's where I'm comfortable staying. And so being that I'm not comfortable staying where I'm at and what I've accomplished and what I'm going to do, I am super grateful for the opportunity to do it differently. To play off of you saying in a sense of starting over, one thing that came to my mind was starting over could also mean different things. There was a point in my life where I used to like having a lot of stuff. The furniture, the electronics, the clothes, everything. I used to like having all that stuff. And then I got to a point in my life where I was on the brink of homelessness. And I had to make a choice. You can be homeless or you can sell everything that you own to pay your bills. And so from that point, that kind of taught me a lesson. Like at the time... It may have seemed like a waste to have to do that to get by, but it kind of changed me because now I look back and I think I just don't like having stuff anymore. And it may have been because of that experience, but it also may be because I feel it's more important to put my time, my money, my worth into other things that I think can propel me into the future. And kind of thinking about starting over, I had a question for you, Michael, because you know, you, you started that business firm. The question I had was, what was the turning point of the firm you started where you knew it wasn't going to work? How did you overcome the feeling of failure to turn it into a positive experience or a lesson? Well, you know, I would say it was maybe just before like a year into it, because we stopped right around a year. Um, we just weren't getting enough clients to to pay the bills, and our parents had been helping us out. We were lucky enough to to have that, but uh, you know, it came to a point where it wasn't really reasonable to ask them for more help. And so, you know, we figured out, okay, well, it's time to wind this up and and go find a real a real job, if you will. And um, 
it took a long time. So there definitely was a long period of time where I was out of work. You know, I felt like a failure and, and I guess was kind of depressed at the time. But, you know, one thing that I was always taught growing up is just never, ever, ever give up. I heard that a million times and uh, it's definitely stuck and it works. You know, I stuck with it, just kept applying for jobs. Uh, I figured if I keep applying, then something will work out. And uh, eventually it did. And, you know, I found the job where I'm at now and, you know, everything worked out. I think that's important too, because I'm sure some parents, for example, have taught their kids, you know, no matter what happens, don't give up. You know, when we grow up, we become adults. We go through these experiences. We have to actually believe that. You know, it's kind of like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. They may have told you that over and over again, but at a certain point, you had to actually believe it. Like, yeah, they're right. I need to keep going. I need to pursue my goals. I need to do whatever it takes to move forward. And that's what you did. And Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you had to be brutally honest with yourself at some point of maybe... It's not even just paying the bills. Maybe I have been able to stay afloat and kind of keep things looking like they're operating as they should. But in reality, that's not what a business is. And so despite the time, the effort, the money, the energy that you put into this, when you had to kind of look back at yourself in the mirror and say, this isn't working, did you ever experience any kind of personal crisis that came from that kind of failure because it is supposed to be a law firm. It is supposed to be successful and have a professional attitude around it. And to be able to look at yourself and say, this just isn't it, that would be something that I could easily see as being devastating for people. Knowing now that hasn't stopped you from practicing, but what kind of things did you tell yourself to go through the mourning process and the grieving process of like, that is something that I wanted. It is something that I did, but it's also something I failed at. It's a little tough to say just in that, um, for me, I've never really thought of things as failures. I've always just thought of them as learning opportunities. And I know it sounds kind of corny, but, um, you know, I think having that sort of perspective really helps when it comes to the time you actually do fail. And uh, so, I, you know, I don't think I ever had that moment of crisis where I looked at myself in the mirror and said, what am I doing? You know, in my mind, there was always a way forward. It might not have been uh, business law and ultimately it wasn't, uh, you know, it might not have even been law altogether. Um, you know, I, I was prepared to move into a different industry if I had to. You know, I think I just, you know, that looking yourself in the mirror moment was just looking myself in the mirror and just saying, you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. I I definitely agree with that. And it kind of boils down to doing whatever it takes. Right. And I do want to kind of touch base because you're a husband, you're a father. I'm not sure if that's anything that I can ever say for myself. Not sure what the future holds. But one question that I had kind of touching base on that is you have to kind of be a leader. You have to be a provider for more than just yourself. I would assume at times that could be stressful. That could be um overwhelming but here you are you know practicing law but also when you're off the clock you're spending time with your family you're taking care of them you're doing things to be a leader there and so one question that i actually had with that just because i think it's important to get this perspective out there 
is as a husband and a father, is there any kind of fears that you've had that made you want to be more prepared for the future when it came to your family? Yeah, certainly. I mean, especially with uh, everything that's been going on the last you know couple of years or whatever, but it is tough to, to know that you have, you know, four other people relying upon you to do your job, do it well, you know, don't make any big mistakes, you know, to your point of being prepared. That's, I feel like the best thing I can do. Um, you and I at one point had talked about, uh, I had made some, some food buckets, uh, just for emergency food. And it just makes me feel secure to know that I have this, you know, if, if, things get really bad, you know, there's an earthquake, God forbid, or something like that, that uh, I can provide for my family. And so I've also been trying to learn some new things. Like right now I'm doing this from a workbench that I just built from lumber, you know, cut it and everything. And I'm not a handy person, but I decided I really needed to learn how to do some stuff like that. Learning how to sharpen knives recently, just because I feel like that's a good skill to have if I ever really need to rely upon those kinds of skills. So um, and I know it's a, a bit excessive, but I think doing those things alleviate some of that stress. And I think that's important that you're actively doing things that help alleviate some of that anxiety. Obviously, you don't want to go too overboard, but uh, I think having goals as far as that goes is important for dealing with that stress. Yeah, no, that's that's a good thing, too, because one thing that I keep saying and one thing that I keep seeing is... We're in the we're in the age of technology. And so rather than learning skills that you needed to learn, let's just say, what, 60 years ago, you can just have it done for you. Or if you really need to learn something used to, you would have to talk with someone that knew how to do it or maybe read a book. And now you can just go online and watch a video like, oh, here's how you sharpen knives. And so I feel like things have been easier in that aspect and people get comfortable about that people say oh well why should i have to do this because it's it's been made easier for me one example i always say is oh why should i have to learn how to drive a manual vehicle there's automatics and now it's getting to the point of why do i need to learn how to drive i have a car that drives me and so we're getting into that age where people might not be taking time out to learn these these skills and learn these survival mechanisms if you will because they're getting comfortable with everything being done for them and i think it's it's a good way to be prepared because if you're out camping for example if you've always had everything done for you or if you've always had everything that was just automatic or easy and you go camping and someone asks you hey can you start a fire hey can you cook this food on the fire hey can you go do this Someone might just look at you like you're crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know how to do that. And so I think it is very important that you're taking time to learn how to prepare food. You're learning how to build things. You're learning how to sharpen knives because these skills, I think, just aren't being practiced as much. And honestly, when it comes to anything, I think knowledge is power. Knowing how to do more means that you're going to be better regardless of what you're learning. And I'd like to add that most of our turmoil is self-inflicted and more often than not we're the only ones who notice how difficult it is and that goes back to some of the things being automated or being done for you as well if you have this attitude of well 
I don't have to put any effort forth. I don't have to make an attempt. At some point, you might be required to. And it's very easy to say, oh, well, life is just difficult and it's hard and it's out to get me. But if you had taken the necessary steps to prepare and teach yourself something, even something small any given day, you might not have had as challenging of a time if you had taken initiative and responsibility for yourself to say, well, I have to take care of myself. There may be other people that I have to take care of. And I want to be my best if I'm called to do that. Kind of going back to an earlier point, Wesson, where you were talking about that board game Battleship. And for those that are not familiar with that game, each player has five ships that they put on a board with coordinates. And you have to guess which coordinates you think the enemy's ships are on. And if you miss, they say miss. So saying like C4, miss. Okay, I did not hit their ship. Or D8, hit. That means that you're right on target. So that kind of reminded me of kind of going back, and I know I've talked about it before, Thomas Edison. You know, in a sense, when he was creating the light bulb, obviously there wasn't Battleship back then. But he might have had a similar perspective of, oh, well, that's just a miss. So I know that that's not it. Oh, that's another miss. Okay, that's not it either. That's another miss. Then eventually he came up with a solution. That's a hit, right? And I think... A lot of people get several misses in a row, and then they just think, well, this is going to be the outcome forever, so I'm just not going to continue trying. When really, I I look at it as every failure, or Michael, how you put it, is every lesson learned is getting you closer to the solution, right? It may not be the solution that you were looking for. It may not be the solution in that particular moment. It may not even be the solution in that particular project, but eventually every learned lesson gets you to the point of a solution. And so what I'd like to say on that is kind of going also into something, Michael, that you've been taught is never give up. It reminds me of a saying from Les Brown, and he says, if you do what is easy, life will be hard. But if you do what is hard life will be easy. And what I interpret that to be is, I know it's going to be discouraging. I know it's going to be difficult. But if you keep at it, if you never give up, like Michael said, it will eventually get easier to be successful. And I think it's important to add that the feeling of having failed in the past can be difficult to overcome. Uh, But that does not mean you shouldn't try to. You are not the same person you were when you failed. You don't have to be the same person. You can be the person that learns something. But beyond that, without failures, life would be deeply boring and unfulfilling. And so I challenge everybody listening to really be grateful for some of the failures and look at it from a perspective of if that's not meant for me, that's okay. But also that nothing that is supposed to be for me will evade me. Yeah, I think you summarized it well, Wesson. And what I would like to say is, for anyone listening out there, regardless of what you're going through, maybe it's starting a business, maybe it's pursuing a new interest, maybe it's building relationships, just know that you're going to be faced with those misses. You know, you're going to miss, 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 miss. But don't let that discourage you and don't let that put you on the path to giving up. 
like Michael said, never give up because you don't know what the future holds and giving up that one time, you might miss out on that opportunity you've always been waiting for. And with that, Michael, I want to thank you so much for being a guest today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with us. And it was very nice having you on. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure speaking with you. We'd like to thank you for joining us today with this episode of the Failure to Freedom podcast. Remember, we deliver weekly episodes to our website and other streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple iTunes. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like us to discuss, sign up for our email newsletter on our website. Failtosale.com It's been a pleasure, guys. And until next time, happy sailing.